There's no reason good enough. Unless, like, Jesus Christ himself came down from the heavens. You have no good enough reason. You have no good enough reason. Welcome back to Hate Spinnerbait, uh, the podcast where we hate Spinnerbait, but we love Grace Hallie Thomas. Aww. Aww. Spoiler alert, everyone. That's the name of the baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but we do. Baby. We love her. And we love the future and future joy she hopefully brings to her mother. Welcome, everyone. I am Bethany. Uh, as always with me is Michael Lan. And everyone, let's just give a brief shout out to Michael Lan, who's back with us here in the South. The South will rise again. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I do not mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Um, it will not rise. It will stay where it is. Please and thank yeah. you. But also, hi. Welcome back. You're basically like a state away from I Sarah. Kind of the show, Sarah. So I'm you're in so Carolina. Close. You're so I'm close. S- I'm so close to her. I could like just drive there for lunch anytime for end of the yeah, show. Sarah. Just go right on up to Chapel Hill and tell her to come on down so we, she can podcast with us and talk yeah. about our thoughts and feelings and listen to us cry over how great this novel is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just yes. a quick warning to everyone listening. I'm really sorry. I know we usually go on tangents and I'm certain there will be a lot tonight. But I just would like to apologize for how loopy probably both of us are going to be because my clan has literally been moving the last few days, doing a lot of things. She like had to set up her whole little corner for the the, the podcast. So she set up for y'all so we could have our book club. So she's been traveling, moving, always a stressful time, always exhausting. I worked like 14 hour shift yesterday, 13 hour. I don't know. It was very long and exhausting. And on top of all of that, for the two of us and everyone else here uh, in states that still practice daylight savings time, we're all a little messed up with the time change. This whole fallback thing. I don't, it seems, I keep thinking it's so much later than it is. So I apologize (laughs) in advance for if we're even tangent, even more tangents, even more loopy. If we forget things tonight, please bear with us as we're recording this episode. Both of us are a little out of it. So we just talked for like good 15 minutes before this on a wrap up of Horror Nights merch. Um, that won't make a lot of sense to a lot of you. Apparently, a lot of our listeners, we discussed this earlier, yes. reside in the Pacific Northwest. What's up, Seattle? So hey, for you, Seattle. Shout West out. Coast, cool, but you probably all like eat granola and go on hikes while you're listening to us. So Horror Nights merch means nothing to you, but hi. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying your hike. Please stay hydrated. Bring your bear spray. I'm mostly saying this because I'm not trying to 
you know, stereotype all of Seattleites. What are, what are people from Seattle called? I don't even know. I should know this. But I mostly say this because my very dear friend, hi, Katie, if you're listening, um, she I actually talked to her the other night. And she said she needs to catch up on the show. So hi, whenever you get to this episode, Katie, my very <laughs> dear friend, Katie, lives in Seattle and she hikes all the time. So I just assume, I just assume y'all are hiking wow. and kayaking and snowshoeing. That's a thing. She mm-hmm. snowshoes. So I live doing that. (laughs) I lived up in upstate New York for the last year and me and Andrew kept telling ourselves we're moving up to upstate New York so we can go on a bunch of hikes and we didn't go on a single hike. (laughs) Did you go to any apple orchards? Because I feel like that's a very like in my mind, a very upstate New York thing to do. We went to no, we went to a cider farm. I mean, they had apples, but that's close. Yeah, that it was, is close. It was cool. We worked at a restaurant together called the Old English in Albany, New York. Shout out. Um, and they took us there. And it was pretty cool. That that looked the the pub that y'all worked at looked very cute. I just wanna yeah, say like that. Six employees. Oh, that is precious. Listen, we're five minutes in and we have done nothing but tangents. I told you all, <laughs> I warned you all that that is what tonight would be. I'm sorry. We have so many chapters to get through, so we're going to try our best. We are determined to finish. This is the fourth part. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're finishing it. We're finishing it it tonight. Ding, dang it. All right. Chapter 12 is where we're jumping into. But before we dive in, as always, Michaelian will be giving us a little recap, a little refresher. A refresher maybe for me because I'm tired and I I don't even know what we've run. I just know that I hate making and I hate people that pressure people into having sex. That's what I remember. <laughs> yes. So taking us all the way back to the beginning, Haley, oh, Hallie and Scarlett are best friends. Scarlett's boyfriend dies. Um, it's very sad. She finds out she's pregnant with his baby. And then Scarlett, nope, Hallie starts dating Macon, which is the dead boyfriend's best friend. And he's <laughs> trouble. He might be a criminal. I don't know. He it's possible. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, you know, he gives Logan Huntsberger vibes. <gasps> Ooh, quality reference. But yes. Like, shittier. But somehow uh, shittier, which is saying a lot because Logan posh. was pretty shitty. Yeah. Yes. Less posh. Yeah, like the, less... the middle class Lo- Logan Huntsberger. Logan. Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. So where we leave off is um, Hallie is not allowed to date Macon, but she still does secretly. Um, Mm -hmm. Her grandmother is dying. So her mom's out there in Buffalo kind of taking care of her, getting her settled into a home, I think. Um, Yeah. And then the last time we see Hallie, she is in her house by herself because apparently fathers don't do anything in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she has her boyfriend there, Macon, and he's pressuring her to have sex. And she is not into it. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was a, that was a quality recap. We're up to date. Yeah, Excellent. we here in Chapter 12 is basically about uh, Grandma Hallie going to visit her and seeing her in her home, essentially, for Thanksgiving. Uh, both her dad, again, 90s dad, who does nothing, mm-hmm. and yeah. Hallie... Uh, head up to Buffalo. Mom's already been there. Um, So they can basically go spend some time with Grandma Hallie. 
which this is where last episode I was discussing, I was like, there's this scene where they're talking about the comet. And I was like, is that in this chapter or later? And the answer was both. Cause you were like, yeah, it's right. Like it's right here in the chapter, Bethany. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but that's not the scene I'm thinking of. And the <laughs> chapter, it was the scene I was thinking of where Hallie's like talking about, uh, she brings up the memory of grandma Hallie and her seeing Hallie's comet. And how she was really ticked off about her mom basically telling her that, like, you were so little, the sky wasn't clear that night. Like, you didn't see it. Like, you're not remembering it correctly. So I did highlight um, a little bit of that bit because this line just, like, really stung. And she says, and that was it. It was so easy for her. My own memories did not even belong to me. And that is honestly, yeah, that's so infuriating. And I think is 100% something that happens a lot of times, like, that's such an easy way to belittle someone or even kind of almost, like, I don't want to, like, throw the term gaslight around too easily, but I do kind of feel like that's something people do all the time to each other, especially if someone is younger than you. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you, there's no way you could have remembered. No, you're not remembering that correctly. And that's why it's just so frustrating. Like, when you are so certain that you know something, to have your own mother basically tell you, like, nah, you didn't, you're not remembering that correctly. Yeah, I would say that is like a I I mean we shouldn't throw the word gaslighting around because everybody does, but I think that is pretty much gaslighting. You're you're yeah, telling somebody right. their memories are, yeah. are wrong. Yeah, it's a little their ridiculous. Own, their own mind is not correct. So I would say that's that's a little borderline gaslighting. Also, there, mom. In the beginning of the uh of this chapter, Hallie says that she's basically worried to be going away now because she doesn't want Macon to look elsewhere for what she isn't giving him, yeah. which is so sad. And if you have that thought, if you think the man you're with is going to look elsewhere because you're not giving him sex, run. 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 I feel yeah. like if we ever, speaking earlier in this episode about merch, if we were to ever make merch for Hey Spinner Bait, let us all know if you want some. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want some. I want to wrap up our show. I think oh it's a fun book club that we have here. But if we were ever to make one, I think once an episode, we're like, listen here. If there's a where I was like, <laughs> run at some point, I think the first shirt would just be like, and our cute little like Kate Spinner being fought in colors, like a pink shirt that just says run with a period. And like, on the back, like, <laughs> in cursive. Yeah. Oh and, like, my God. Run. And people will be like, yeah, I get that. Like, if you can make that ever... into a mug too. I like it. <gasps> I that's would, a great oh, idea. I love a mug. We mm. yeah, that's a great idea. We should make a run mug. <laughs> I'll see y'all on bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it'll be. If you want one, let us know. I want one. That would just next time we like go to record, we could like have our little run mugs. It'd be cute. It would. But be seriously, cute. if you, that thought is crossing your mind, it's a toxic relationship, mm-hmm. and. Run. Run. <laughs> run. Run for the hills, girl. Run. Just run. Get out of there. So yeah, oh, any yes. chapter 12 is like it has an emo- it's a, a emotional punch. There's again those those things, for instance, starting off with making, you know, that um the fact of you know talking about the fact that her grandma's not doing very well, the fact that Hallie feels like her own memories don't belong to her. There's a lot of good like emotional beats overall a fairly short chapter not a lot going on just kind Mm -hmm. of um i like uh, this bit at the end um i might be jumping a little ahead i'm already like here at the end but it's kind of a short (laughs) chapter i don't feel like there's 
that much to say about it because there's just so much good juicy stuff coming up. I want to make sure we have time for that. But I do like at the end when she's talking about how finally, like, you know, her mom's kind of by herself in the room with grandma Hallie and she's kind of over her and she's crying while her grandma is sleeping and, you know, oblivious to the whole thing. And Hallie says, it scared me the same way I'd been scared the night I came home from sisterhood camp and found Scarlet in tears on her porch waiting for me. There are some things in this world you rely on like a sure bet when they let you down shifting from where you carefully place them. It shakes your faith right where you stand. And I did think that was kind of interesting. The comparison between, her mom and Scarlett and and her finding both of them in this very vulnerable emotional Mm -hmm. state. I think in her mind, like the sure bet is the two of them are like these strong women and they're who she usually relies on. There are these, these pillars that, you know, she can kind of count on, you know, she said before Scarlett's always there for her. She's having a rocky time with her mom, but I think deep down she knows that her mom is always there for her. And to see both of them like be vulnerable would be like, abort abort I don't know what to do yeah yeah, (laughs) they take care of me I don't know how to take care of them you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I had that highlighted too it was beautiful um the the other really depressing thing about this chapter was the man next door with the tubes that was alone like oh my god just like right in the heart right right in the heart yeah that that got to me and I think that also just really is quite sad is because you know that that's that happens all the time like everyone has that like hospital story or going to visit a loved one in a place like a home Mm -hmm. there's always that person who's just kind of like sad and alone and you're like oh does anyone come and visit you (sighs) my um my mom her like lifelong friend has dementia now and is in a home and my mom went to see her last week and she was describing it and i was like oh my god yeah yeah, like those places are just really so sad. Very, so very sad. sad. Yeah, oh. it's just, it's sad. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, now that we've depressed ourselves thoroughly. <laughs> chapter 13. Oh, chapter 13 is <laughs> a kind of a good, it lightens up the mood slightly because we were just very depressed in the last chapter with homes and sadness. And now we get to the fact that obviously Scarlet is becoming more and more pregnant. It's a little harder for her to kind of hide that fact. Obviously now everyone pretty much at her, you know, in her social circle knows the school, like everyone, her school classmates knows everyone, her friends and family. So now we get to the old Milton market where their manager basically calls them into the office, which of course he calls Scarlett in and it's Scarlett and Hallie because they're always a we in situations and essentially is kind of telling her without saying that he wants her like it's a little bit of like a dog whistle situation, right? Like he wants her to basically be like, I don't want to work and be a pregnant teenager working, but she's all like, I'm fine. It's whatever. And you know, and he's just, it's just, it's a great kind of like comical Classic moment. Scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. This guy like really trying to like, he's putting his foot in his mouth a little bit. And uh, Scarlet's just very stubborn and, you know, is awesome. And she's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna keep working. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care what you think. Thank you so much. Take my paycheck. Bye. Bye. Oh yeah, I wrote. I wrote um, on the second page. I have it highlighted when she said they're like talking about that conversation and whatever. And Scarlett says, "I'm not ashamed, Hallie. I know what I'm doing the right thing, and they can't make me think any different." And I'm just like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, Scarlett. Yes. Don't be yes, ashamed. Sister. Don't be ashamed. Damn yes, girl. Straight. 
Ugh, so good. She's a feminist icon. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, yeah. Then we get into Scarlet and... I believe this is when Scarlett and Holly have kind of the sex conversation. Mm. Where she's kind of like, oh, where, yeah, Scarlett's essentially saying, like, has he, she's like, for, they essentially having this conversation about, like, how for them, because again, as we kind of discussed last week, everyone is different. You want it to be a casual thing. You do you, girl. Who are we to see? Who are we to stop you? But Scarlett's kind of having a conversation about how she's like, you know, we're the type of girls who we, it means more to us. Like, it, that's just, she's like, I know you. Cause again, like, you, she knows they, they are the true love story of this novel, as we've discussed, and they have a close relationship. And she's like, I know you, Hallie. Like, you are the type of person who it's going to mean a lot to. You. And just so you know, like, this changes things and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And she's basically saying, like, has, he told you that he loves you because Holly's like, you know, we love each other and I think maybe I should do it and yada, yada, yada. And Scarlett essentially is like, has he so much as he, has he told you? And Holly's like, well, no, not in like those three words. But as Scarlett's like, okay, well, if you can't even say those three <laughs> words, then how do you know? So I kind of have like a little conversation about that, which I am like, um, yeah. Cause here's, this is basically the, how Scarlett is saying like, we're the type of girls who like it means something. And so she's saying, Hallie says, it's just three words. I said casually finishing off my Coke. I mean, lots of people sleep together without saying I love you. 100% Hallie, you're right. And that's great totally. for those people. Um, but then Scarlett says, Scarlett sat back, pulling her legs as best as she could against her stomach. Not people like us, Hallie. Not people like us. Exactly. Um, and I just, I like that. Like Hallie knows her friend or sorry, Scarlett knows her friend well enough. Names are hard <laughs> that she, she knows that that's not exactly what, um, yeah. you know, she would be into. Also, I feel like it would be hard. I feel like when you're that young, it would be hard to separate sex yeah. from feelings, you know, especially your first yeah. time. That's kind of a big deal. Society has made your first time a huge deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> As the Joker once said, we live in a society, and that society is <laughs> one of my favorite memes of the last couple of years. <laughs> we live in a society, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we do. That's how civilization works. It's correct. Um, yeah. As he once said, uh, we live in a society, and that is is one of the things that our society has has definitely made a very big deal. Mm-hmm. So then it looks like mom wants to get a Christmas tree. Yeah, we're getting to the Christmas season. That's where we're at timeline-wise. We were in Buffalo for Thanksgiving. We're getting to Christmas, which means we're getting closer to New Year's, which Hallie's making some decisions about New Year's, and I'm not pleased about them. (laughs) I like how her father is described as a Christmas atheist. (laughs) i also okay this is where i'm gonna go oh here we go bethany rams um on a little bit of a side tangent something that drives me crazy so we are recording this episode at the beginning of november so we're getting into that time of year where starbucks is putting out their holiday cup People are getting annoyed because it's a holiday cup and not a christmas cup and it's like calm math down okay (laughs) 
Well, the holiday cup, because there are many holidays in this season and all of them should be equally held up to the same regard. Anywho. So mm-hmm. the whole Christmas thing and decorating for Christmas. And basically this chapter is kind of about how her mom, who's like usually pretty straight laced kind of type a personality, like this is where she lets loose and she turns into like a Christmas nut and whatever. And like, Rock on. Everyone's got their thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I cannot stand. Like, people think they're so cool and they're so edgy for having this opinion of being, like, it's too early to decorate for Christmas. And they have to make, like, post memes about it on their social media and whatever. Like, they act like they are cool and different. And I'm like, everyone, (laughs) every white, cis, male person I have ever met on planet earth is like it's too early you're not cool you're just a dude you're just a dude all dudes so her dad being like her so I'm like of course he is because he's a he white guy like yeah of course he like, is. pumpkin spice peppermint yeah. mocha how dare you how dare uh, you enjoy your peppermint mocha? like it's not hurting how you. dare you it's feel joy like people are getting enjoy I love there's a lot of things I complain about living in Orlando because it can be a time, y'all. I four is not fun. Everyone mm. knows that. Everyone knows I four is not fun. And but there's nothing that brings me more joy than Christmas time in Orlando. Like everywhere is decorated. Every park has a special thing. It's peppermint chocolate treats everywhere. It's just like legitimately this magical, beautiful time. Mm-hmm. And every like January seventh, like seventh through the fourteenth, is when like Orlando turns back to like normal Orlando. I like legitimately go through like a week of like a depression because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's over. And I have to wait a year for it to come. Like it, I know. it just brings me joy. And there's like the, the world is a shitty crummy place. A lot of the times. And if someone putting up their Christmas tree on November 1st sparks joy and it's not hurting anyone. Why do you got to make a Facebook post about it? No one cares, Carl. Nobody cares what your <laughs> thoughts are. <laughs> Thanks guy. Um, Thanks, yeah. Guy. Oh my God. How magical was the Osborne lights? And listen, I love the Star Wars land. I know you love the Star Wars land. It is very real. It's very, um, very, um, like what all of Disney is supposed to be. It's like you're really there. Immersive. Immersive. That's the word you're looking for. Yeah, Immersive. Yeah, yeah. So for a second, Star I was like, authentic, and then I was like, immersive is what she's immersive. looking for. Mm-hmm. They nailed it. But I really miss the Osborne lights. I wish they just put them somewhere else. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Hollywood and I Studios. do think Hollywood Studios is like, I know everyone's like, Magic Kingdom is a place to be for Christmas. But I like love Hollywood Studios on Christmas. Oh, like Studios. all the like vintage decorations and just. Mm-hmm. It just makes my heart happy. Oh. And when they like make it snow by like Tower of Terror area, Mabobber, it's so cute. I love it. Me and Andrew have to figure out how to get down there. Also, another thing I wanted to mention about the whole people hating Christmas thing. So I got engaged on Christmas two years ago because I wanted to get engaged on Christmas because I love Christmas. Christmas is fantastic. And <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people on my Twitter were like nonstop tweeting about how dumb it is to get engaged on Christmas. It was like nonstop. It was like, I just texted my boyfriend, please do not tell me, please do not propose to me on Christmas. It's so lame. And I'm just like reading this like, like these like, are people I you. know. <laughs> these are people I know who like know got engaged. They're like, hi, it's like, me. Well, that's like, like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, because you don't want the most, like, joyous, your, like, already most joyous favorite day of the year to be even more, like, awesome and joyous. Like, sorry that you like happiness. Like, geez, get that out. Also, living in Orlando, it's just, this episode is just Orlando problems. So this happened to me the other day. Like, I'm at work and this girl's like, I mean, I would never want to get engaged at Disney. It's just so stereotypical. And I'm like, it me, I got engaged at Disney. I'm like, Obviously, a lot of people do. But I was like, that's the thing. Like, why, Like, I love going to Disney. Disney makes me happy. And I happen to get engaged in, like, a very Star Wars-y part of Disney. And, like, that's me and my husband's thing is Star Wars. And I was like, what? Like, it just makes sense. Was there. And I was like, also, yeah, my clan was there. She can attest. She was there. It was beautiful. Um, it was actually a very funny story about the day I got proposed to yes. involving my clan. Which is already on a tangent. I'll tell that as well. But yeah, this girl just like up and like said that. And I was like, you know that a lot of people that you work with like got engaged at Disney. Like, why would you just like say that in front of us? And I and she was just like, it's just like everyone does the same thing. And I'm like, yes, a lot of people do get proposed to in front of the castle. But first of all, what the hell is wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And second of all, Disney is a massive property. There are so many different, unique ways you can get proposed to at disney that like i was like not everyone does the same thing actually so mm, to that girl but anywho so here's the funny story about michael ann on the day that i got engaged okay y'all so michael ann like knew what was happening obviously i did not know what was happening because i was getting proposed to so you know my husband now husband obviously not at the time came up with the plan he invited certain people. It was on May the 4th because Star Wars Day. It's like already pretty much, again, like you're saying Christmas, like which actually is considered a national holiday. I just, in my mind, consider Star Wars Day a national holiday. <laughs> so, you know, it's like one of my favorite days of the year. I was super hyped. We go to Hollywood Studios and we usually like go with a group of friends. So like, he's like, oh, like, you know, whatever. Like the fact that these people were coming, like did not surprise, like did not send off any alarms, right? So anywho, my husband at the time, so a few years back, um, the metal detectors weren't as good as they are now. So one of my friends suggested to my husband, like, hey, you shouldn't walk in with the ring in your pocket because the metal detector might go off, ruins the surprise, yada, yada, yada. So my husband very smartly had his dad bring the ring in, and he just went to the men's bathroom real quick to, like, go get the ring. And then we were going to walk into the launch bay, which is where they have, like, the character meet and greets, and we were going to get engaged in front of BB-8. So he had it all planned out. So anyways, there's stormtroopers, right, y'all, that are, like, going around, the, you know, doing, like, their little patrol or whatever, again, talking about immersion. And so me, being me, and I'm always, like, wearing, like, rebellion stuff or whatever because, you know, a woman's place is in the resistance. And so they approach me, and literally Mike is still, my husband, is still in the bathroom with his dad getting the ring. I, of course, do not know this. Michael Ann is aware of the fact that I'm getting proposed to at any minute. So she thinks that the stormtroopers have, like, been set up by entertainment to come, like, whisk me away into my proposal. It is not. It is just pure coincidence. So she's behind me whispering to my other friend, Kristen, and she's like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. Mike is still in the bathroom, y'all. And so Kristen is like, no, it's not. Like, this is not it. Like, Mike, Mike's coming back in a minute with the ring. Like, this isn't it. I, of course, have no idea this conversation is going on. I learned later on that day that Mike Wynn was like, oh my God, I thought it was happening with the stormtrooper king. And it's still one of my favorite parts of my proposal day. Like thinking about that, you being like, oh my God, it's happening. And it's just pure coincidence that the stormtroopers came and harassed me. Um, so yeah, so anyways, it cracks me up every time I think about it. And I figured the listeners would hopefully enjoy that story as well. <laughs> listeners, if you want to see the video of the proposal, I have it. Yeah. I took it's it. I am shaking. 
but I did my best. <laughs> she she did. It, yeah, she took the video and it is a very quality video. And um, yeah, if you want to see it, let us know. But yeah, back to back to the book. Back <laughs> no, to the book. Tangent oh, aside, Lord. back to the book. Okay, so Harry. they go to get a tree. They're like, okay, yes. her, her mom's like, we're going. Um, what is the Christmas grumble? Oh, right, her dad is doing that white man thing mm-hmm. where he's like, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I'm a radio DJ. I don't watch <laughs> my kids at night. Yeah, I'm a shock jock. We don't like Christmas. <laughs> he probably goes on his radio show and he's like, "Wives, am I right? Decorating <laughs> for Christmas." <laughs> my daughter's got her boyfriend in her bedroom i don't even know because i'm not home i don't know i'm not home i don't i don't do parenting Uh, yeah what is the end of this chapter it's just like it's christmas basically she sees elizabeth gunderson oh yes yeah yeah yeah. she's she sees elizabeth (laughs) words elizabeth gunderson (laughs) elizabeth gunderson's like oh how's things with megan she's doing that thing again And then she's mm-hmm. like, I've been seeing him a lot at Retta's. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. Yes, the Retta conversation. And then Hallie's like, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to cheat on me. This is terrible. Yeah. And she basically confronts him and is all like, Who's this Retta? And why are you hanging out there? And whatever. And of course, he does the like stereotypical boy thing where he's like, Why are you worried about it? You know? Like, he won't just answer her question. Like, it's so sketchy. Yeah. Like, just, what do you mean? Like, you're just hanging out at someone's house. What are you being sketchy about? Also, is this, like, an adult? Like, who is Retta? Why do I feel who like... Is, yeah, who is Retta? Because he doesn't really explain it. Yeah, it's just, she, like, their friend or something. I don't even know. He goes there for New Year's Eve, right? And it's, like... Yeah, they're at they're at Retta's. But we never... Yeah, we never really get to meet the elusive Retta. She is referenced. The party at New Year's does take place at hers, but I'm not entirely sure um, who she is. Oh, so then, then he starts a fight with her. Mm -hmm. He's like, what, Hallie? What's your problem? It's like, well, you're not answering any of her questions and you're being really shysty, um, so... You're being shady. So what's yeah, going on? That's that's her problem, actually. Oh, also, then, like her grandma's yeah, he, dying. Are you going to be nice at all about her grandma? Yeah, she's got some things hospital? going on. Macon is what her problem is. And he gives her the ring for This also, it's just like so 101, like abuse. Like he, like emotional abuse. Like he is doing the whole like, I got you a gift. I'm a Don't you like mm-hmm. it? And she's like, oh, yeah, I do like my ring. When he was just like such a dick to her. And it's just like, okay, yeah, Merry Christmas. Because, of course, they're kind of like, you know, seeing each other on the slice. This isn't like the longest conversation. And then this is the. Oh, oh. And then at the end is when Scarlett um Ask Hallie, basically, this is when she feels the baby kick for the first time. So that's a super sweet little moment. Also, in this chapter, um, when she's still fighting with Macon, I highlighted this line that says, We had come to the same place we always did, a place I knew well, just standing across the battle line, eye to eye, no further than where we started, a draw. Like, they... 
They be toxic. Let me just say they that. I would just like to reiterate again. Run. Run. So then. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then she's like, I'm, I was losing him. I could feel it. I, I had to act soon. Like, oh. Is that is. It's never. No. No. He's not worth keeping. If that's like what it costs. is like you sacrificing something that you don't want to give someone. Again, whether it be something like sex or something not as big as that. Like if you ever are feeling like I'm giving into this thing, not because I want to, but because I'm afraid of losing someone, trust me, it's better to just lose that someone. Yeah. Lose him. Lose him. Yeah. This whole chapter, she's like, oh my God, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I'm going to do it on New Year's Eve. Um, yes. And then what was that cute moment you just said? Cause I wanted to go back to that. Now I forget. Oh, at the very end of chapter 13, before we jump into chapter 14, which is where I was just a nervous wreck the entire time because it's the New Year's Eve chapter. And I was like, girl, girl, don't do it. (laughs) Before we get to that sweet, precious moment of Scarlett's across the street and she's just like, Kelly, come here quick because the baby is kicking. And Cameron is saying, like, Cameron is there. Because, of course, Cameron's there because he's always there now and he's adorable. Basically, Hallie goes over there and she gets to feel the baby like kick for the first time, which is a really cute little moment. Well, sweet, precious, magical moment. And then chapter 14. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, (laughs) New Year's, New Year's Eve, which of course, Hallie, because she's secondly not supposed to be seeing Macon. There's kind of this whole conversation beginning with her mother because her mom's like, oh, like, what are your plans? Because they're having their, like, annual party. And she's trying to play it cool. She has a plan. She has a big plan. But she does not want her mother, obviously, to know that she's going off with Macon. So she's acting like she's going to go, you know, across the street and hang out with Scarlett. And so her mom kind of almost ruins that plan for her. And she's like, oh, like, why don't you just have Scarlett come over here? And essentially, Hallie kind of has a little bit of a moment and she freaks out and she's like, I'm 16 and I can do what I want. Yada, yada, yada. So um, she does end up getting her way and she goes over to Scarlet's, which is where she then runs off to go meet up with Macon at the New Year's Eve party where she intends to sleep with him. So he doesn't break up with her basically. And before she goes, her and her and uh, Scarlet get in a pretty major fight because Scarlet. Oh is yeah. Like, Here's some condoms, but also like, are you sure you want to do this? And <clears throat> Hallie says, "This is what I want to do." I said loudly, "I can't believe you're doing this now after we've been talking about this for weeks." I thought you were my friend. She looked at me hard, her hands clutched. "I am your best friend, Hallie," she said in a steady voice. "That's why, and that is why I am doing this." It's like, yes. Yep. Listen to her. Listen to her. Listen to her. She's such yeah, a good friend the, and she has such a good head on her shoulders. Yes. She, this line I highlighted because I was just like, ooh, again, like, right, like, take your knife, twist it right into my heart moment. When Hallie is yelling at her, she says, because, you know, Scarlett is talking about, like, the fact that she just doesn't think this is right. Like it's, she doesn't think that this is right for her friend. And obviously she does know her very well. So Scarlett's just, you know, kind of saying that to her and Hallie bites back with, but with you, it was right. Scarlett, huh? Look at where, how right you were. 
And I was like, oh, that's such a mean thing to say to your friend. And I know that she's very heated and she's feeling like a little attacked right now. But I was just like, oh, that was harsh, girlfriend. That was too harsh. And it's like, you're just mad because you know she's right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you get the most, I feel like, usually defensive. It's when you know that someone is 100% spot on about something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know this boy is bad news. Oh, Also, I, I see that Vlad is here, and I feel like, oh, yes. The transformation clearly was complete. He was yes. wearing his cord necklace, his boots, his tunic shirt, thick burlap-like pants, what appeared to be some kind of cape. Well, I, I quoted that wrong. And he was carrying a sword on his hip. He stood there beside the spice rack, a living anachronism. Vlad. I he was love carrying a, He was carrying a sword on his hip. For what reason? I just- love that here on new year's like you know they always say whatever you do on new year's eve is like how you'll spend the new year he's like i'm going into this new year with my girl marion and a sword on my hip like i'm going in as full vlad tonight (laughs) that's how i want to start off this next year and you know what vlad aka steve yes i salute you sir i salute you I guess it's time. It's a heavy sigh, but I guess it's time to jump into I the guess party. it is. <sighs> she can tell us the scene we've been dreading. So we get to the party. I mean, it has it doesn't have a good ending, but it it has an ending. Oh, also, we get to the party. It's oh, not at Retta's. It's at Ronnie's. Different. Oh, I'm sorry, it's at Ronnie's. God, so many R. Why does Macon know so many people with names that start with R? This is where things get confusing. Of course, Elizabeth Gunderson is there as well. Chase Elizabeth Gunderson. You know what? There are two things we hate on this show. One, spinnerbait. Two, Elizabeth Gunderson. (laughs) (laughs) We might add to the list as it goes on. But right now, those are the two enemies of the show. Yes. Also, the first character's dad. What was her name? Oh, um, <laughs> this is two weeks in a row we have forgotten her name. <laughs> well, to be fair, that summer is not her best. <laughs> well, we're having this whole laugh attack, which we could probably cut out. Let's think of this epic girl's name. Oh, it's. Um, thought of it last week. Thought of it last week. Where's the book? I have it. Hold on. I have it right here. Haven. 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 Um, Haven's dad, Mac, which why can I remember his name? Probably because I things that you hate, you have a better memory of. Yeah, Haven's dad, Mac. He is also on our list of people and things that we hate. So the entire band Spinnerbait, Mac McPhil or Fail or however you pronounce your last name, and Elizabeth Gunderson. We hate mm-hmm. all of you. Although, to be honest, I just feel bad for Elizabeth Gunderson. I mean, I yeah. Like- She's going down a path, and she's deeply unhappy. Yeah, I, I, I feel for her more than I, Mac. I don't feel for her at all. He's a scumbag of a human no. being. But at least Elizabeth, I can kind of feel for. So yeah, they're at the party now. Essentially, yes, we're at the party, and mm-hmm. this is where things get a little messy because obviously. Hallie has convinced herself that she is ready for this, and she 100% is not. So what do most dumb teenagers do at a party when they're trying to have a good time and they're feeling a little nervous? They start drinking heavily. 
and, and she he loves does. it. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> Basically, which is creepy. He's like, "Oh yeah, get liquored up, baby." Yeah, come on. This is this this is what we're doing. She tells him a couple of times before they kind of head up to the room, so to speak, that she's not feeling good. She's you know she tells him she feels sick. She tells him that she needs some air, and he basically is like, "Just just calm down. Like it's fine. You're fine. Just calm down." Gotta love it. Gotta love Gotta that. Love it. Um, I highlighted the entire, I guess, kind of last paragraph here of the good old chapter 14. So, you know, he's like, oh, just calm down. And so she says, no, I said, and I was crying suddenly, scared in this strange place. And I hated him for doing this to me, hated myself, hated my mother and Scarlet for being right all along. And then I heard it, voices counting down, 10, 9, 8, and I was sick and lost and the lock wouldn't budge even as I felt everything coming up the first taste in my mouth and then finally the door was somehow open and I was running seven six five down the hallway busting past the people crammed and chanting the numbers in the kitchen and living room out into the colds down the steps in the driveway four three two and into the woods and then as the one came and everyone cheered I was suddenly or I was finally violently sick alone on my knees in the woods as the new year began which what a shitty way to start the new year. But at the same time, as I finished that chapter, I was like, yay for saying no firmly. Mm-hmm. Yay for getting out. But also, ugh, yep. that and I just like the suspense of that, which is like with the countdown. Yeah. I'm, I was yeah. Just, the countdown with that was really good. I also <clears throat> want to read the description of the house they're in because I oh, think yeah. it just, Further solidifies that Macon is a criminal. (laughs) Our working theory. (laughs) Yes. The fake oak paneling, the coffee table crammed with full ashtrays and beer bottles, the yellow and brown shag carpet that felt wet as I walked over it. Like, does anyone even live here? Are you guys just breaking into an abandoned trailer to, like, do drugs? Like, what, what is this? In my mind, it gave me very... Yeah, like this clearly was someone's home in the 70s, you know, with the panel and the shag. And it just went to the wayside. And Ronnie, whoever he is, and this group of teenagers are just, yeah, I don't know, probably cooking drugs, selling drugs, using drugs. Cooking <laughs> drugs. Something. They're cooking drugs. Um, <laughs> that would be pretty intense. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Also, um, when she's talking to Elizabeth Gunderson, Elizabeth Gunderson's like, oh, I didn't know that Scarlett and Michael were together. And I saw him a lot last summer. And I wrote, this girl needs therapy. (laughs) I laugh, but she does. She really does. Yeah, she always seems to know. Yeah, she's always telling Holly, oh, I've been seeing Megan a lot. Oh, I saw Michael a lot that summer. Oh, I. Oh, sure. Yeah, girl, you have just been keeping tabs on everyone. I just mind your own business. She mind your yeah. own business. Go to therapy. Work she's out going, whatever is bumming you out. She's going down a path, and I don't love it for her. So I hope I have some good like head cannons for the end of this novel, which when we get to. And um, I think for Elizabeth, I'll go ahead and get into Elizabeth now. I really hope 
that she goes to therapy. I also envision for her going to like like a Sarah Lawrence, like an all girls college, and just like mm. you know what I mean. Like I just think she needs to like get away from boys for a little bit and like find out who she is. And I see that working out very well for her. And then she like you know I don't know. I could see her like going into law or something, like going and being like badass lawyer. Ooh, or something I like that. So that's what I envision for her future. And I hope that that is true. But she really needs to get away from boys and the boy drama. And I don't know, just discover who she is as a person, I think, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Chapter 15. We get into the car now. Yes. Making his fist. (laughs) He's also definitely drunk. And he's definitely drunk and should not be driving, which becomes very evident here in like two pages. Yeah. But yeah, she's feeling like crap, which of course just makes me, I'm like, I'm just so upset. Like Hallie's been put in this position where he's her only way out. So she has to go home with him. And she's sitting there feeling like crap, both literally because she is sick and drunk and, you know, hungover and whatnot. And, you know, metaphorically, because she feels like she didn't succeed in being a girlfriend tonight. And he like is sitting there pissed and it's like, Nope, nope. The role should be reversed. She should be pissed at you because you've been a dick. She has done absolutely nothing wrong. Exactly. And again, like that's not, yeah. She's like, I yeah, drink too like, much. I'm sorry. And she's like, he's like not even talking to her. Yeah, he's like, um, so she's basically saying, like, it's not like that. And he's like, Yes, it is. You never really wanted to, Hallie. You can't just play around like that. Oh, literally screw you. You can't just play around like that. Like, go home and masturbate, you dick. Stop. Ugh. So then they're going through, you know, they're driving or whatever. And then here we go at the very end of this chapter. Again, this chapter is very short because it is leading to this. I remember only that light so strong as it spilled across my shoulders and lit up his face and how scared he looked as something big and loud hit my door, sending glass shattering all across me, little sparks catching the light like diamonds as they fell with me into the dark. So they have gotten into a car accident and it basically hit Hallie's side. So she was affected a lot more than Macon, which of course, of course, the cherry on top of the cake because the entire night has not gone her way. And he's been a dick to her. And now she literally has gotten in a car accident with him. So, chapter 16. Surprise, surprise. Here we go. It starts off, essentially, she kind of comes to. And, of course, this is when he finally says, I love you to her. He's all like, I love you. Oh, God. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. The ambulance comes and basically whisks her away. Hallie's like, where is he? And, you know, this lady's like, oh, he had to stay at the accident scene. You know, just, like, relax. We're taking you to the hospital. So they get to the hospital. Doctor basically comes in. She They ask for her emergency contact. She gets scarlet because, of course, she is terrified of her parents finding out. So uh, essentially she gets to... Is she in the surgery or is this after the surgery? Hold on, I have to refresh my memory here. Which, of course, Scarlet comes in. I think this is before the surgery. Scarlet comes in and gets to, to see her. 
And of course, Scarlett's like, where's Macon? And she's like, I don't know. Isn't he here? Like she knew obviously the last she heard he had to stay at the accident. Now she's at the hospital. I assume she thinks that at this point he should be here. He's not, of course, because he's a dirt bag. Yeah, she's like, he's at the accident still. And Scarlett's like, that was over an hour and a half ago. The cop is here. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, like that's no longer an excuse. The cop yeah. is now currently here. So by the time she wakes up next, her parents are now there. They have lost the, or they have lost, they have left their New Year's party. Because obviously their daughter being in the hospital is way more important. Um, Hallie's mom, of course, is very upset and is all like, you know, I knew it. Like, knew you would run off with that boy. And I knew these things would happen, which she's correct. But probably not the best time to bring that up there, Julie. Yeah. And all in all, that entire time she's in the hospital, this is probably not a surprise to absolutely anyone, but who never shows up? Who, if you guess Macon, you're correct. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. He does not show up because, again, he's a dirtbag. Yep. 100%. Oh, yeah. So then I think mom, I understand that mom is extremely anxious. She's very stressed. She's like, this, you could be dead. But she, like, immediately is like, I knew it. I knew it. God, you can't just, you just can't listen to me. You just can't understand that I might be right. I might know what's best. You always have to prove it to yourself. And look what happens. Look at this. It's like, yeah, she's a 16-year-old. Yep. She does have to prove it for herself. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's, here's a crazy concept for you, Mom. But teenagers are going to make mistakes. And sometimes they got to learn things on their own. And I'm sure as a parent who just wants them to be safe. And I, again, it's like the unimaginable phone call, right? That's new year's Eve. They're at a party. They're having a good time. You get a phone call that your daughter's in the hospital. Terrifying, obviously. So, you know, you just want what's best for them, but it's like, yep. At the same time, your daughter is literally in the hospital. Can we save the like self-righteous chat for later there, mom? Well, yeah. You know? like She's going through a lot right now, girl. Can you maybe put it can in we, your diary? Can we, we'll can we say that? that? Can we say, can we circle back to that one about how Macon's not right for her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, here we are, chapter 17. It's now is the new year. We're in January. And Hallie's kind of just talking about how, you know, the chapter starts January's flat, gray, and endless, which I just think perfectly kind of sums up how she's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously. She just kind of says, you know, like, we didn't talk about Megan. It was understood that that's something that had happened. And I wasn't allowed to go there again, essentially. Which I think at this point now, Hallie has kind of learned the lesson. And she herself, you know, is staying away from him, not just because of her mother and what her mother thinks, but because of her own feelings. But as she kind of says here in a couple of pages about how... um, you can't just turn your heart off like a faucet. You have to go to the source and dry it out drop by drop. So it's like she knows that Megan is no good and she knows she doesn't want to be with him anymore. But yeah, it's not like she just woke up from the accident, which she didn't show up for. Well, for her in the hospital anyways, and was like, well, camps in the past. We've moved on, whatever. Obviously, you know, he's he's a big deal. It's kind of like her first boyfriend. Her, well, Noah was, but her first boyfriend, that I feel like in a sense, like, she kind of had power over, you know, like, I feel like Noah was almost like picked by her parents. Like this one is, you know, this is basically her first big heartbreak. So yeah, that's a, it's a tough thing. We discussed that a lot, you know, first love and first heartbreaks. We were talking about that summer, 
So yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. And obviously it's, it's not something that just goes away, even though she knows that he's not good for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, also here, Hallie says that Scarlett was the only one who really mattered. And that's a lesson for all y'all ladies out there. Yes. Seriously. I said it before. I'll say it again until the cows come home. Boys will come and go. Your friends are forever. And they'll be the ones there to nurse you after the the heartbreak. So don't cut out your friends for a stupid boy. Mm -hmm. This paragraph is perfect. I highlighted this a couple pages later. Uh, She says, the truth was I knew after all those flat January days that I deserved better. I deserved I love yous and kiwi fruits and flowers and warriors coming to my door bestowed with love. I deserved pictures of my face in a million expressions and the warmth of a baby's kick under my hand. I deserved to grow and to change, to become all the girls I could ever be over the course of my life, each one better than the last. Yes, girl, you do deserve that. I love that. Also, I don't know if we've skipped this or not, but Macon, or if we already talked about this, I don't know. My memory is pretty bad right now, y'all. Um, <laughs> Again, we can't stress enough. It's been a very busy few days. It's been a long, it's been a long time, long day. Um, but Macon comes to her her window, and he's like, "Yes." And she like goes out there, and she's like, "What the fuck do you want?" Well, it's my language. She's like, what do you "Want." Like, basically. And he's like, how are you feeling? How's your wrist? He's like, I know you're mad that it didn't show up at the hospital, but I had a good reason. And it's like, no, No, (laughs) there's no reason. Good enough. Unless, like, Jesus Christ himself came down from the fucking heavens. You have no good enough reason. You have no good enough reason. Oh, yeah. He, like, tries to touch her. He's like, I miss you. He's talking he's like, about, like, he's blaming on, like, her parents because, of course, he knows that, like, they don't want, like, you know, her to see him. And she's like, uh, nope, this is not about them. Yep. <laughs> These are my own thoughts. Yeah, this is about me. Oh, yeah, and here's that paragraph you just read. Yeah. I could not find it. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there. Oh, kiwi fruits. I so know true. the kiwi fruit part and the warriors coming to her door, like all these like good men. Like they, she does, she has like these really good examples of what like good guys should do. And exactly. Macon has not done any of those things. So I'm glad that she has these these good relationships to look at to be like, that's what I should aspire for. That's what I deserve, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then she goes into her house and she's feeling pretty good about herself because she's like, I know my worth. I'm a hot bitch and I don't need this guy's shit. I am killing the game. And then her mom is like immediately mad at her like, oh, of course, you're just going to go back down outside with Macon and sneaking around. And yeah. um, her mom Jumping won't let her. There, mom. Yeah, literally. Her mom won't let her talk at all, and she's, like, freaking out. She's like, I will lock you in your room or send you away to switch schools or follow you around, which is like, girl, chill. Calm down. <laughs> um, too much, mom. Too much. And then Hallie's like, you never even gave me a chance. You're just bursting in here with your opinions. And then I have this part highlighted here. Um. Yeah, Hallie says, you never even give me a chance. Her mom says, yes, I do. 
And she says, no, I said, you don't. And then you wonder why I never tell you anything or share anything with you. I can never trust you with anything, give you any piece of me without you grabbing it to keep for yourself. And then she continues, I will never learn until you let me. And so we stood there in the kitchen, my mother and I, facing off over everything that had built up since June, when I was willing to hand myself over free and clear. Now I needed her to return it all to me with the faith that I could make it my that I can make my own way. Sarah Dessen does it again. Oh, seriously, Sarah Dessen. I I really enjoyed this chapter and the conversations. There are two mm-hmm. very important conversations for Hallie, you know, becoming the person that I think she she should be and yep. will be. The one mm-hmm. obviously with Megan and then this one at the end with her mother. And she's right. Like she just went out and had this really kind of epic badass bitch moment with Megan where she was like, no, I know my worth. And then she comes in and her mom is just assuming that she's sneaking behind their back and she's being weak and going back to this boy and no, not at all. And I love that basically this chapter, Hallie stands up for herself twice and both times I just wanted to stand up and applaud her. And I was like, yes, girl, get it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that was something like that. I could never articulate, like I could never articulate that that well as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, And it's really great that her mom listens to her and like, is like, okay. And, like, actually self-reflects and isn't just, like, you're just continuing this teenage bullshit. Right. And then at the end of the paragraph, she's kind of going back upstairs. She tells her mom what really happened. Her mom's like, good for you. And they, they head to bed. And then it says, you can't just plan a moment when things get back on track, just as you can't plan the moment you lose your way in the first place. But standing there alone on the landing, I thought of Grandma Hallie and how she'd held me close against her lap as we watched the sky together. I'd always thought I couldn't remember, but suddenly in that moment, I closed my eyes and saw the comet. Finally, comet finally, brilliant and impossible, stretching above me across the sky. I love that. And that's just, yeah. And there she (laughs) is. She's back. She is herself. She is like, this is who I am. I am the comet. I am, I am on track, and I am. You know what? I'm a boss bitch. That's what I. Yes. Am. This is where, about this point, we're we're here nearing the end. We're about in part three, which of course is the end. Uh, part three we're entering is Grace, but yeah, probably about from the end of this chapter to like the rest of the novel, I cried like once a chapter, or like got a little teary eyed. Oh, yeah. Like I legitimately, Personally. there's a scene at the end which when we get to. I'll explain how emotional it made me. But yeah, as I mentioned, when we first started the endeavor on reading this novel, that this was my first read, which was sort of shocking to me. And I'm actually very oddly glad that I found this book, at, like got to read this book for the first time at this age, because there's so many things that in this novel that hit, I think probably I would have appreciated when I was a teenager, but I think there are a lot of things that hit a lot different with a little bit of, you know, perspective on life. So Ooh, this end mm-hmm. of this novel was just, it's very beautiful. And we're going to get even to more beautiful things here. And part three, which is entitled Grace, chapter 18. Let's hit it. Yeah. Oh, so here we go. To... We're going to the prom. We're going Here's to the prom. She's another Sorry, poll, potential poll question for everyone. It's another thing. We've talked a lot about 
and my family, having watched every CWWB coming of age high school show, having read a lot of YA, every, you know, teenage movie, every 10 things I hate about you, bring it on, clueless, all those kind of movies, you know, which is prom. Anytime we ever talk about prom, which I did actually just say, they're going to the prom because I feel like you have to say in that situation, they have the article the. But in general, in my high school experience, when we talked about prom, we'd just be like, oh, prom, 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 prom. Like we just said prom. Much like Facebook, we dropped the the, as Justin Timberlake suggested, because it's cleaner. And we just called it prom. <laughs> but every time I watch, like, your Dawson's Creeks, your Gilmore Girls, like, all those, you know, types of WB shows, they always refer to it as the prom. And it always used to drive me crazy, because I was like, people don't, like, talk like that. But just, I just said it. I was like, oh, they're going to the prom. And that's what made me think of it. Did you, as a Northeasterner, in referencing to prom in your high school, did you refer to it just as prom? Or would you usually say the prom? I'm curious. I have no clue. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't, like, like I, I don't, both of them sound right to me. So I'm like, I don't, right. I can't remember. You're like, yeah, it's probably. There was a movie <laughs> when I was working at the movie theater that came out called the prom i think and then the entire movie they always referenced it as the prom and i went to go see it with my then boyfriend because we both worked in the movie theater and it was free it's not a good movie and we we're just like whatever like we've got a free afternoon let's go see this like silly cheesy high school movie it was terrible we like sat there we're like maybe the only people in the theater because it was like a two o'clock showing and we just like heckled it the entire time but i was like at one point i literally it was just like no one says this no one says the prom but i guess someone out there must be saying it if they're always saying it in tv Somebody. shows but Curious, let us know, y'all. Leave a comment. If you make it all the way to the end of this episode, go on to our Instagram <laughs> post of this episode and let us know. Did you call it or prom or the prom? You can join our Patreon and gain access to our yes. Discord server. It's we'll only it three dollars a month. It's a steal, y'all. It's less it's than a venti coffee at Starbucks. It's, it's less than a grande coffee. Grandes are expensive these days, y'all. Freaking Starbucks. Freaking Starbucks. I'm going to keep so going. It owns, it owns all of our souls. I'm going to keep going, no matter how much it costs. So, yeah, we're going to the prom. Basically, this was Scarlett's wish. Hallie's not really that into it. She's going with Noah to have a date because... Scarlett is going with, again, another thing her mom kind of talked her into. The moms, they got together. Scarlett is going with Cameron. Scarlett is very excited. She kind of wants to have this, like, high school teenage moment because she's about to, you know, have some of that sort of taken away from her. And, yeah, so they're they're uh, they're going to the prom. And, oh, they also talk about the baby shower in this chapter, about how they, they'd had a baby shower, which I just think is... Uh, adorable and I again I love that like Cameron's was there I just think that's really cute so we just kind of do as we're getting ready for prom a little a little recap of the baby shower and the laws classes and all of that and I also now. love I also love that Scarlett's dress was handmade by Cameron's mother yeah, that was so cute. I'm like, that is, I know that's such a precious. I'm so happy that Cameron came into their lives because he's a good mm -hmm. egg and he has good parents, it sounds like. And mm -hmm. I'm happy that they're just like good people who are supportive. Same, 
so yeah, we're taking pictures. Um, again, Hallie's like definitely not into this as much as Scarlett is, but she is going because she wants them to have a good time. And then Noah, all these boys in Hallie's life constantly disappointing her. Uh, Noah, who's supposedly the good boy, right? He ends up getting uh, drunk mm -hmm. and a little handsy and mm -hmm. kind of a dick to her, essentially, mm -hmm. as they're just trying to enter the prom and her dress ends up essentially getting ruined in, in yeah. the process of all of that. So her night's not going great. It's not off to a great start. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's it's going on a bad start. Also, I can't believe how drunk Noah is. I know. Like, and what? how much of a dick he is. Like, I didn't have any opinion on him one way or the other because everything we've learned about him so far in this novel is a whole lot of not. He kind of sounds yeah, a little boring, but overall, probably like seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And then, yeah, man, you liquor him up a little bit, and the truth comes. Like, he is just an absolute dick to her and i was like Absolutely. she does not just she's already had to deal with macon and now this this is though one of the kind of beautiful moments and this rings very very true to me so there she is and she's a mess and she honestly just wants to go home she doesn't want to let scarlet down because you know again scarlet's her bestie and scarlet does all these things for her and this is the one thing that she wants so she decides instead of, you know, basically calling a taxi or calling her parents to pick her up that she's going to, even with her ripped up dress and all this, she's going to go in and, and try to make it work. So she tries to go into the bathroom to kind of clean herself up, which she ends up running into this girl, Melissa. And this moment, like at first, Melissa's kind of like, I'm like, mm, I don't know how Melissa's going to handle this. But then she basically says that Melissa starts taking bobby pins and is trying to like help her out with her dress. And I was like, if this literally is not a woman's restroom, because let me tell you, the most beautiful moments of your life sometimes will happen in public oh, women's yeah. restrooms. Like there is never such a solidarity and compliments. If you were like in a bar or a club and you were drunk and you go into a girl's bathroom, it is the nicest experience you will have in your life. Like, um, I have never enjoyed myself more than when I'm a little bit tipsy and I go into a bathroom and it's a full night and, the, you know, the bathroom is full and there's a line and some girl's just like, I love your shoes. I love your this. Oh, hey, girl, your tag's hanging out. Let me fix that for you. And, like, mm -hmm. it is the most magical <laughs> thing. So this rings so true that she would go into the bathroom. Another girl would see that she is in, you know, dire need of something and be like, hold on, let me take some bobby pins out of my own hairstyle to help you out as best as I can in this moment. And I just, I loved that. And I thought it was so sweet and so true. And I was like, yes, the solidarity that you find. I once at a convention not too long ago, actually, the first thing we did when we got there, so we had to drive like a minute to get to the convention. We're like, all right, before we go like walk the floor, let's go to the bathroom. Cause who knows where we're going to find one next. And there's one right here at the entrance. So we go to the bathroom. We've been at this convention for like 10 minutes. We're in the women's restroom. And it's just a magical time. Like, there's cosplayers, there's this, that, and everything. Everyone's complimenting each other on their outfits. And this one girl, again, female solidarity, everyone, has this corset as part of her cosplay. And she went into the bathroom and she was trying to fix something on it. And she ended up like unbuttoning half of it. And it's very intricate and hard to get back. And so we are complete strangers. She goes to my friend Kristen first and she's like, I'm so sorry. Can you just kind of like cinch this close so I can like button it? 
And without missing a beat, my friend is like, yeah, absolutely. And then I'm over there. Like we are both like in this woman's bosom. Okay. Like trying to get her corset back on her. And we do not know her from Adam. And I was like, 10 minutes in, we've already had a time. Like we've already helped a woman get back that. into her cosplay. I love it. Yeah. I love beautiful. it. Beautiful. It's a beautiful time in place. the woman's room. You know, um, men, you're all missing out. I'm just you saying. Really it's a great time. <laughs> you really are. You really are. Also, going back to like Noah, like he fully like assaults her in this scene. And we just yes. kind of like brush over, over it. it. Like she's, yeah. yeah. Like she has to like physically push him off and he ha- and he like falls over because he's shit faced. Because he's, but yeah, he's drunk. It's like, yeah, this is a fully assault. Like this is how you know this is the 90s because it's just like, oh yeah, like I was assaulted. Like that happens. I just went to the bathroom and everything was fine. Like she's in the um, ba- when she describes her appearance and she first gets into the bathroom, she's like, I, I looked crazy. My hair so carefully crafted looked like it was a lopsided mohawk. My face was red and my mascara smeared. Not to mention the fact that her dress obviously is ripped. I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah, of course this girl would be like, are you okay? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. literally. Like, also, there is someone named Regina Little who is unfortunately described as one of the fattest girls in school. We are a body positive uh, podcast. We do not appreciate that. We are. Um, But she's dancing with a guy in a military uniform who looked at least 30. That's creepy. Yeah. What the hell? This is another red flag, people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Girlfriends, just because you're described as that, I'm sure you're beautiful and amazing and have so many other awesome things going on about you. Please do not let some creepy 30-year-old try to, no, disturbing. Especially some creepy military dude. So we're in the bathroom. (laughs) Having a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful moment of solidarity between females. Bobby pinning the dress after, again, she basically was assaulted, which is terrible when Mm -hmm. it happened. Yep. Elizabeth Gunderson, because of course it's Elizabeth Gunderson, right? Am of I right? It is. is Elizabeth comes in and essentially is like, Scarlet's having the baby right here, right now at prom. Because of course, of course she would, because the girl had sex for the very first time, gets knocked up. Her boyfriend, who she had sex with, died the very next day. So of course she also would go into labor at prom, because that is her luck at this rate. Elizabeth Gunderson's not the one who told her, though. Elizabeth Gunderson oh, was just in the bathroom. Who is the one who runs in? Is it Ginny? And then, yes. And then, so Elizabeth's like, turns from the sink with her long hair and is like, and is, it looks like she's about to talk to Hallie. And then uh, Ginny bursts in and is like, Hallie, you've got to get out here. Cameron basically has passed out. Because he's not handling that well. He's, because he's having a little moment. Yeah, because because Ben. And then this mm-hmm. is where I'm like, ladies, listen, I know you're desperate. I know Scarlett is saying no ambulance, no ambulance, no matter what, no ambulance. But Macon, Macon is who you trust to get your friend who is in labor driving him driving you trust him to get you to the hospital safely oh i'm sorry the last time you were in a car with macon and on your way to a hospital is because you got in a car accident with him and i was like girl that's a choice but desperate times i guess so yeah they get in a car with macon and elizabeth gunderson who was his date 
and they head to the hospital. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Macon is still, like, clearly into Hallie. Keeps looking at her. Elizabeth Gunderson's, like, angry face. Um, She's not having a good time. They get to Um, the hospital. Right before we get to the hospital, they're still in the car. It's a stressful time. Macon is driving, so obviously it's stressful. Scarlett is in pain. So Hallie's trying to get her mind off of things, and she's, like, trying to make her think of good, happy things. And Scarlett says, kiwi fruit. Aww, kiwi fruit. So that's really cute. So just had to say that. But yes, now we are at the hospital. Yes. And uh, Hallie is really... We're trying to get in touch with Marion, essentially, which, of course, is Scarlett's mom, who is out with Vlad having a a time with his sword, I assume. (laughs) Take that however you want. Um, So I don't know, actually, if you... Well, we do learn that he was out with his sword this night as well. Because I was like, on New Year's, he was out with his sword. I don't know if he was out with his sword tonight, but... Yes, because uh, we'll get to that bit in a minute. That she basically is out with Vlad, can't get in touch with Mary, and she calls Hallie. Calls her mom. Hallie is very much freaking out because Scarlett is freaking out, and again, no one is really prepared for labor or childbirth as much as you think you are. And again, that's when people are wanting to do this and are much older and are prepared. I can't imagine being a sixteen-year-old being at the prom, you're thinking you're having a good time. Suddenly you're in labor. And the only person that's there for you is another 16 year old who again, kind of had a rough night. Her date ended up getting drunk and assaulting her and she's kind of had a rough year in general. So yeah, tensions are high. Hallie is stressed. Scarlett is stressed. And basically Hallie thinks that she can't do this. Like she kind of essentially ends up starting to back out. Scarlett's like, don't leave. And, you know, Hallie's like, I was falling apart. And then here we go. This is just, this is the part that like, I just started bawling and I don't even know why, but it just really hurt me. Then I heard it. The sound of footsteps coming closer, louder and louder, clack, 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 all business like as they rounded the corner. I looked to my left and coming toward me, purse tucked under her arm and eyes straight ahead was my mother. And then she's basically like, where is she? Hallie's all like, I can't do that. Like, she's in pain. I can't watch this. And her mom says, honey, she looked at me. You need to be in there. I can't, I said again. And my throat hurt when I spoke. It's too much to deal with. Well, that's too bad, she said simply, grabbing my shoulder and pushing me toward the door, her hand guiding me from behind. Scarlet is counting on you. You can't let her down. And I just, it's just like this beautiful moment. Like, Hallie is freaking out. She's backing out into the hallway. Everyone is freaking out. And no matter what, no matter how old you are, no matter what your relationship is like with your mother, like, again, they've had a little bit of a time recently. Hallie has been, you know, not in the best terms with her mother, which is very understandable. But like, of course, her mother is there. And like, you just like, sometimes you just need your mom. And I just love that she comes swooping in, smacks some sense in her and is like, hey, this isn't about you right now. Scarlett needs you and you need to go in there. And Mm -hmm. I just just right in the fields. And, you know, they're like, we're here. And this entire last paragraph, I just basically the last paragraph of the last four chapters we have read, but for good reason, y'all, because Sarah Dustin is amazing. Um, yes. 
so, you know, her mom goes in and, you know, Scarlett's like, where's, you know, like, where's Marion? Have we tracked her down? And she's like, you know, not yet. But Brian, which of course is Hallie's dad, is at, you know, like Scarlett's house in case Marion comes in and her mom's, you know, she's like, we're here. And then Hallie says, I looked across the bed past Scarlett's tired, shiny face as my mother leaned close to her ear, whispering words I couldn't hear. But I knew what they were, what they had to be. The same ones I'd heard after all those bad dreams, all those skateboard and roller skating accidents, all the time the little findettes chased me home on the pink bicycles. I watched my mother do what she did best and realized there would never be a way to cut myself from her entirely. No matter how strong or weak I was, she was a part of me. As crucial as my own heart, I would never be strong enough in all my life to do without her. Stop right there. Like, stop. That is... Oh, like instant tear. I read, I, when I read this the other day for the first time, I literally just read that paragraph like three times over and was just like crying. (laughs) Cause I was like, (laughs) yeah, it's like no matter what, like even when you are mad at your mom, like no matter what you would, you're like, you're not going to be strong enough to like completely remove your mother from your life. Or like, you know, when you enter in a, a big, you know, and again, like that's very easy for me probably to say as someone who does have a very good relationship with their mom. So that like really hit me. I'm sure there are some people out there and I don't want to to speak for everyone. I'm sure there are some people that like, I'm really glad that you cut your mom out of your life. And that was a very good choice. And you are happier and healthier and better off without her. Um, but for anyone out there who, again, Hallie, it's not like her mom is a terrible person. She's just like, they're both going through some growing pains, you know? Yeah. And I think sure. that was just such a, a beautiful moment to kind of be like, oh, damn it. Like, no matter what, <laughs> like, she is a part of me and I am a part of her. And, you know, if I ever need her, if I'm ever in a crisis, she will be there. So just yeah, a really that was sweet, sweet moment. Really beautiful. I love to see their their arc throughout this story. It's very beautiful. I also really like that. Again, it's one of those and basically a couple of paragraphs, like this whole book has been alluding to this relationship and how things haven't been the same this year and all this stuff. And you do get a very good resolution, but it's again, one of those, we talked about how she's such a masterclass of character and show don't tell. And there could have been like, and then my mother and I came to terms. And I, there's never that. It's like the conversation they have after she dumps Macon and that paragraph, basically, like her showing up in a crisis when she needed her. And you know, like they're going to be okay. Like you don't need it said explicitly. And I just thought that was very beautifully done. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Then we have the chapter 19. I just kind of want to sing that Tegan and Sarah song right now. 19. Beautiful song. (laughs) I love them. I love them. They're fantastic. 10 out of 10. So Scarlett has the baby. She pushes it out. Little Grace. She names her Grace Hallie. She names her after her best friend. It's so much. Oh my gosh. And then the waiting room where where I cried. Let me tell you where I cried. I even wrote on here. I cried. (laughs) So so the baby happens. She's out. She's in the world. She's alive. And uh, Hallie walks out into the waiting room. And this is the scene. 
The room was bright and packed. On one side, grouped around the emergency room door, was at least half of our class, all in dresses and tuxedos, leaning against the walls and sitting on cheap on the cheap plastic sofas. There were there were Ginny Tabor and Bert Hershey, girls from our commercial design class and their dates, Melissa Ringley and even Marianne Lister, plus tons of people I didn't even know, all in their finest, eating candy bars and talking, waiting for the news. Uh, I didn't see Elizabeth Gunderson, but I did see Macon leaning against the candy machine. Always in the candy machine. Always with the candy. And then on the other side of the ra- waiting room, segregated by some chairs and modern, segregated by some chairs and modern time, were Vlad, a breathless Marion, and at least twenty other warriors and maidens, yes! all decked out in full medieval regalia. Some were carrying swords and shields. Yes. One was even wearing chain mail and clanked and paced back and forth. That clanked as he paced back and forth in front of admitting. And then all at once they saw me. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I just like sat there and like pictured it for like, I was like, oh my God, all these people showing up for her. Oh, and her man, you know, the, the father is dead. So it's like, oh my gosh, it's just... But there's like this whole little community that this baby is coming into. And like, look how loved she is already. And I love that all the like LARPers are there. And it's just such a great mix. Yeah, it's like tuxedos and like chain mail. Like how fantastic is that? Like what a great description. Amazing. And then everybody starts clapping and cheering, slapping each other on the back. And uh, Ginny Tabor kissed Brett Hershey just for show, which I love. Very on brand for Jenny. Yeah, you get girl. You go, Jenny. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Marion gets to go meet her granddaughter. That's the most precious thing. Oh. And then obviously we have to read the end because obviously. the last bit, this is also where I cried. <laughs> and yep, where I have a great, a great personal anecdote kind of related to this. <clears throat> Here we go. So she, you know, she sends kind of everyone's kind of gone home and she goes back to be with Scarlet and little Miss Grace and she's kind of watching over and then she leaves and, you know, she's leaving. Of course, she's in this like tattered now safety pin. She does say she I don't know where they got the safety pins, but she did. It's not bobby pins anymore. She has actual safety pins holding her dress together. Your shoes are off, you know, and she's she's not thinking about making or my mother waiting at home for me or even Scarlet dosing behind one of those bright hospital windows. I was only thinking of Grace Halley with each step I took in my prom dress, safety pinned tight now, barefoot heading home. I wondered what kind of girl she'd be and if she'd see the comment that was her name and Grandma Halley's and mine. I knew I'd try one day to take her and show her the sky, hold her against my lap as I told her how the comment went overhead, how it was clear and beautiful and special, just like her. I hope that Grace would be a little bit of the best of all of us, Scarlet's spirit and my mother's strength. Marion's determination and Michael's sly humor. I wasn't sure what I could give, not just yet, but I knew when I told her about the comment years from now, I would know. And I would lean close to her ear, saying the words no one else could hear, explaining it all, the language of solace and comments and the girls we all became in the end. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> this book is just so beautiful. Sarah Dustin, so thank you for bringing beautiful. this into the world. It's absolutely beautiful. Like I, when I was, oh God, I mean, oh man, just such a beautiful story about 
a mother-daughter, mother-daughter relationships and mother-mother and best friends. And then this new baby also comes in and she's a girl. And it's just like, uh, it's just beautiful. I just, I just, just don't really, know what else to say. I just love, there's, there literally is such a, just a beautiful thing about being like meeting a fresh little baby and you just like look at this mm. little person and you are yes. you're like who like i don't know who you're gonna become like that's so exciting like i you know each <laughs> sometimes in like nerdy superficial things like you know i i get a new niece or nephew and i'm like what favorite star wars character are you gonna like what you know who are you gonna love from star wars or can i convince you to love captain america as much as i do or you know like nerdy <laughs> things that i'm into and then you know or that hopefully one day you'll love et as much as i do you know like I can't wait to like introduce them to to pop culture things, and I'm also just like I don't know like what's their little personality gonna be like? It's like just the whole it's endless possibilities, and it's just and I just love you know again it, it being a girl of course like and her being like you know who is who is she gonna become because Hallie's kind of still figuring out who she is, and I love that she says that she wants her to have a little bit of all of them, and I just when I read that and I was just got me all misty because you know her and her grandma with the Hallie the comment they shared this moment and she's saying how she's so excited to share that with this new little, you know, Grace Hallie that's been brought into the world. And I just thought of, um, I don't know why it made me think of this, but my uh, niece ever who she's three now, but when she was just over one, I was when um, basically uh, Kamala Harris got sworn in as the first, you know, female vice president. And which when Boy, that was, we're in, the week we're recording this is, was a couple of years ago, like the longest election week of my life when we were all waiting to hear the news. Yeah. And I just remember when I finally got the news, like we all kind of saw where it was heading. But when I finally got the news, I just sobbed. Like I was just like, I just thought of like my nieces and I was just so excited that they got to grow up like yeah. they're little and there was going to be a female and like, you know, the second highest power. And on their inauguration day, I actually was back home and I was holding at the time, I think ever was like 18 months. I was holding her like her, literally her little still baby chubby feet in my hands as she came out in her amazing white suit and, you know, gave like their whole little, you know, like uh, moment that they had or whatever. And, um, and I just remember like sitting there with ever and being like, I'm so happy that like you get to grow up and like a lot of other things in this world aren't great. But I, it was just like such a special moment. Like speaking of, you know, the special moment she had with her, her grandma and the comment and now the special moment she's having with this new little one. And it just made me think of that, like for as long as I live, I will never forget what it felt like to hold my 18 month old's little chubby feet in my hands as I hold her on my lap in my sister's dining room table as I watch the first female vice president be like sworn into office. Um, so yeah, so it was just like one of those things. So I was like, yeah, like you really just will have perfect clarity of those things. And I'm so excited for this fictional little girl to like, I don't know, you know, like have <laughs> those beautiful moments. But anyways, it's for some reason, that's what I thought of. And that's my little personal anecdote and mushiness of this episode for y'all. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed okay. reading this novel as much as we did. We gushed about it for four episodes because it is seriously that beautiful. It's so good. Yeah. It's just absolutely uh, beautiful. I love it. Right in the feels. So yeah, right my the feels. my head cannons. Um, I, I kind of said what I wish for Elizabeth Gunderson. I like to think that 
wherever Hallie and Scarlett end up going to college, if they go to college, um, you know, obviously you don't have to, but if they do, I totally picture them being roomies. Like I just picture them being roomies for the next foreseeable, like they are probably roommates through like their twenties. I feel like, you know, at least like 25. Um, and there they are with little Grace Hallie and just like living their best lives. And like Cameron, I think like could live with them as well. Cause I think that'd be really cute. And like, maybe something happens with Cameron. Maybe it never does. The other big hint canon that I have is that Marion and Steve, a.k.a. Vlad, I'm just going to call him Vlad because that's such a cooler name, get married. And it's a full-on, like, LARPing wedding. And, like, there's yes. kilts and swords and chainmail and everything. And those are – that's what I hope for everyone. And I, I mostly hope that little Grace grows up and has, like, a really awesome, great life with this great community supporting her. And she is loved and happy and hopefully never fat shamed or body shamed in any way. And life is good. And she stays off social media. Not <laughs> good for any yeah. teenage girl's brain. <laughs> yeah, literally. My head My head canon for Macon is that um, he will be incarcerated by the time yeah. he is twenty years old. Yeah, um, probably. There's a really good chance. And I hope it turns him around. I mean, <laughs> I hope, we learn I, hope I just not, hope but... nothing for the best. I hope nothing but the bad. Maybe he'll, t- maybe this whole thing losing Hallie is going to straighten him out. And he's going to be yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop going to this abandoned trailer in the woods with the wet carpet. <laughs> the shaggy carpet and the wood panels. Yeah. Making. Yeah, he's oh, definitely a criminal. He's probably going to jail. But I, to I hope he turns out okay in the end. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the breakup that's the, you know, what spawns his next chapter. Maybe it's him going to jail. I'm not sure. But I think overall everyone is pretty happy in the end. I in think my, so. In my world. And in the novel, everyone ends well. And I think that... In my mind. But yeah. oh. things are going to get better for her. She's going to be better. She's gone and she's going to get some therapy and she's going to figure it out. She's going to find out her own worth and that it does not determine, boys do not determine her worth essentially. And stop being such a busy body, lady. Yeah. Next week, y'all will be back switching up a little bit because we'll be watching a movie. We're going to be watching How to Deal because, of course, it is based off the first two novels that we've read. So we figured this would be a good time to go ahead and watch it and discuss it. I'm very excited. I have not watched that movie in years, so I'll be excited to revisit it. I'm ready to get in the mindset of like the early 2000s, the <laughs> hideous too. fashion, the pop music that is going to be playing. Like Mandy Maybe Moore, more. Cute little like, like cute little spunky haircut she had in that movie. Mm-hmm. I remember liking that a lot. So I'm excited. Love me some Mandy Moore. Love me some Sarah Dessen. So sign me the hell up. It's going to be a great. So next week, we're not going to be a book club. We're going to be a movie club for a week. <laughs> and then we will be back. I will be getting to use my, uh, my, some things I learned in college a little bit next week. I did take an event, y'all. If you're not in college yet, probably most of you are, because I think most people are listening are probably millennials, older millennials like ourselves who are way past college. But you know what? Hey, it's never it's never too late to go get an education if you want to. But anyhow, uh, it's one of the good things about college is you get to take classes like the legit class I took in, in college, you know, when you're a liberal arts major. Um, 
I took a class that was called Adaptations, and it literally was about that, about we would read a book and we would watch a movie and we would talk about that. And I had to write like a whole thesis paper on it. And it was Ooh, cool. That's it's fun. also the reason that I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore, because I did my last paper on that. <laughs> and then it, every time I went to watch it, I was like, this just feels like school to me now. So anywho, it was a super cool class. It was super amazing professor. So I'm excited. I'll, I'll be coming in here. Look, mom, using my degree. I will be getting to use some things I, <laughs> I learned uh, in school about, uh, you know, book to film adaptations and different stuff. So get excited, everyone. We'll be back, hopefully slightly more awake next week and more energized. I hope you all enjoyed the wrap up and our emotional moments from this episode. Thanks for reading someone like you with us. <laughs> if you have a little niece, just give them a little smooch for us. Smooch. We love our little nieces. So much. And I just hope that they, they, all the little Grace Hallies out there, please never lose your sparkle. Don't let anyone ever take that away from you. You're awesome and wonderful. And we're so happy that you're here. And we love you. And we love you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you, but you know, we'll be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.